Do you use salt or sugar when cooking with lightning? How important is contrast when developing a culture? How clean do bears keep their houses? And how can ad-libbing enhance world building? I'm Carrie. I'm Josh. I'm Raul. And I'm Monica. And this is the World Builders Podcast. Hello there. I'm Carrie. I'm Josh. I'm Raul. And I'm Monica. And this is the World Builders Podcast, because you can't build a planet without a plan. In this podcast, we, your host, explore settings in genre and speculative fiction by crafting them here and now for you, our listeners. Last time, we started the expansion pack content by talking about the Torun and how they fit in on Altarian. And now we are going to visit another player-created race and talk to the cuddliest, bestest of friend with a uh, special guest on this episode, Raul. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. He's back. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. So, Fragool. Fragool. The bear, the myth, the legend. The yes. He brought us so many bear puns. I mean, we all brought them to him, but, you know. His existence fostered their creation. Yes, so... Operating under the assumption that not all of our listeners have heard the Season Zero content for Zanthuru, who is Fragul? Fragul is a humanoid bear. Is a, what's, what's the word? Anthropomorphic? Anthropomorphic, yes. Yes. A lot of consonants on that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, pretty much it's just a bear standing up on its hind legs. Which is equally terrifying as a bear on all four legs. Which they do actually quite frequently. Yes. Uh, it comes from a warrior race that pretty much they don't use any of their physical advantages. Like say, well, they use their strength, but they don't use their savage claws or anything like that. Or biting and all that because they see it as going backwards. What they do use is a little bit of hand-to-hand combat and weapon use. Fragul uses a katana. That's right. They fight with their bare hands. <laughs> you knew it was coming. I can't not. I can't expect this episode to contain all of the puns. This episode just needs to be titled Bear Puns. I... <laughs> the Bear Necessities. Nope, that's it. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> so we talked a little bit last week about the Torun and how... The race kind of grew up around the character that I created for the Zenthru Season Zero story, Velfreya, and kind of filling in the gaps of how she got her abilities and where she comes from is what's kickstarted the chain reaction to create the Torun as they are now. Where was your starting point, Raul? Did you create the character first? Did you decide you wanted to have just this cool... Did you have, you know, the idea for the tribe first? Where was your starting point? My starting point was actually the character himself. Like, I just thought of this giant bear wielding a sword, but being, like, really um, honorable. Because I remember... Now, this is going back about 20 years... Um, I used I played Star Wars Knights of Old Republic. It has the Wookiees in it because it's based 10, 20,000 years before the movies. And they show the Wookiees as being this 
race that don't use their claws or if they do use them they exile them from the tribe so i'm like you know what i'm going to make a bear like that because the wookies are very honor bound like if if they form a contract with you like oh i will forever be in your service no matter what you do you're not getting rid of them <laughs> yeah you're not getting rid of them so so your your character started as rule of cool then as we have talked about several times on on the podcast the rule of cool is great world build around it yep <laughs> i was actually just about to say that that's a great starting point and then you go with okay and as i started playing him more and more i started fleshing out as as the more scenarios we went through i'm like oh hey you know what it'd be cool if he'd be from a village with other bears and then he had his best friend and then the ish incident <laughs> ah the ish so <laughs> so to make him a little different he's fregul is terrified of fish which is hilarious. So, okay, I have I have a question from an ecology standpoint. Okay. <laughs> and I realize that you don't you probably don't care. So, is is he a specific kind of bear? Like is he a brown bear? Is he a black bear? Is he like what color fur does he have? Uh brown. Okay. Like kind of like a the matted brown. Okay. So, in my head, he's a grizzly bear because those are the brown bears that we have in North America. Um, and they are actually carnivores, whereas like the re so that's the reason why he's a grizzly bear in my, in my, in my head, he's a grizzly bear that doesn't like eating fish, which is hilarious. But also um, if in my head, if he were a black bear, black bears don't eat animals. They eat berries and other plants there you know things they don't eat creatures so hey now <laughs> but fregul can be tricked if you tell him it's not fish it's it right right exactly it's ish. Like, it's completely it's different. like similar to the legally distinct from yeah so going back a little bit you mentioned okay so instead of fragul being this like one-off bear that happens to gain sapience somehow there's a whole village of them there's a whole tribe where did these bear people come from and are there more than one tribe of them are there other bears throughout different parts of the continent or are they kind of the only one i really didn't go into much of that I would say that they would probably be like more than one group because you can't have a population with just a group of like 20. Yeah. We're getting a thumbs up from the ecologist here. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that they're, they're deep in, in the woods. That's why they're not, they're, they're not very well known outside of the woods. Like your, your, your villages on the outskirts know about them, but they know that if you don't mess with them, they won't mess with you. You get an adventurer from the village. You guys, you guys, I saw a bear run. Was it wearing clothes? Yes. Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so that takes me back to when we were first talking about lay energy in this world and how the nodes kind of form this wellspring of life and energy in the world. 
Josh, would it make sense to say that perhaps over the course of thousands of years of evolution on this planet, bears that were foraging and hunting around these nodes would have experienced sort of accelerated evolution and gained sapience because of increased exposure to lay energy. Absolutely. I mean, that's in a nutshell what it does. It takes the things that are alive and it makes them better at being alive. Because, I mean, you, you will see this occasionally in our own world where, quote unquote, animals will learn over time whether it's a matter of oh hey this this thing is dead (laughs) chilling out by this bush of fruit maybe we should not eat this fruit and it becomes avoided because oh hey what do you know those ones are poisonous shock of all shocks but when you add in the capacity it's like you know what salmon's getting kind of boring but um You know, this salmon just kind of got, well, this area of the lake kind of got zapped by lightning. And now there's, you know, all these parboiled fish. Um, Oh, you know, this isn't so bad. You know, I could, uh, I could, I could, I could do this. Sous vide cooking now with lightning. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and Fregel's people, I mean, it can just be like any civilization starting out. I mean, you have your, they go from a forager fishing to like actually settling down. Um, and actually making, instead of trying to find the perfect cave to sleep in, they actually make huts. <laughs> Especially because caves. <laughs> I mean, with earth shells there, you may, you may find yourself outside of the cave in the middle of the night. Really, I guess it depends on how badly the primitive bears snored. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an animal. We'll leave this one alone. Would you stop drawing on the walls, please? That's really a horrible. And speaking of that, they must have had contact with some of the human populations at some point, since by the time we meet Fragul, his people speak the same language. Yes. um, I would say, I guess they would be mostly trackers because bears are really good hunters. Got that snoot. And I did misspeak earlier. Black bears do eat animals. They do eat fish, but they're more like omnivores and they'll just eat whatever is in front of them. They don't really care. It's they're not gonna go put up a fight. No. Yeah, they're not gonna go out of my way, out of their way, out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) You hope the black bear gets out of your way. They're not gonna go out of their way to get some some fish but if some fish happens upon them they will eat it um ah, praise be this blessing from the river <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, nom, 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 but nom, nom, anyway nom. suddenly fish so yeah i mean you had people coming in to the forest that they'd get lost and the bears i mean they're like uh people yeah it's like we're not gonna hurt you here have a piece of fish have 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 a piece of squirrel or something I really want to see, like, I want, I want to write down that story of the first person who encountered these bear people after they had really sort of evolved sapience, and you're lost in the woods, and a bear comes up to you walking on its hind legs and reaches out its paw, and instead of murdering you like you think it's going to, it helps you up and then hands you a fish. 
can I offer you a nice egg in these trying times? Like that, and really that has got to be probably that became an important piece of folklore in the village, in the human villages in that area of this person who was saved by the bears. Yeah, I mean, because when you stop and think about it, that that's really where you could find the cornerstone of an urban legend or folklore for at least a short amount of time because oh hey this this trapper came back from the woods you know he's been missing for several days what happened well i ran into this bear and oh no oh no it was fine he gave me some fish i couldn't really understand what he was saying but so one of the things that i really like about this bear this bear culture um on earth uh the native american tribes that live in closer to the north pole so like the inuits and other uh native people up there uh basically worship polar bears um that's a gross generalization obviously but um they consider polar bears their kin um and it's through stories that they've told about interactions with bears that we get the idea that they're that they consider them family um they revere bears as 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 intelligent as men and when they do hunt because they do hunt polar bears or they did historically um now it's much more difficult to find polar bears um but that's about climate change and not really about their culture so (laughs) anyway on that's world destruction not world building on topic um (laughs) there they they used to um they used to use the whole animal obviously that's that's something that's widely known about um the practices of those tribes but um what I didn't know when I started, when I took a folklore class, that's how I know these things. Um, when I, what I didn't know is that they actually save the skull of the bear and bury it um, with like, with a base, what is essentially a funeral procession, procession, what we would consider a funeral for the bear that they're thanking them, thanking the bear for providing them with skins, with meat, with fat in order to keep themselves alive and yeah so so i find it interesting that we've come to a similar thing kind of by accident but also like literal sentience for the bears and i think i find that really cool and that just goes to show you that some parts of the sapient person existence are universal and it just makes them way more relatable like it makes i don't know i at least to me i find fregel's character to be very interesting not obviously not only because of my research into into uh native folklore but that does obviously play a role in in how cool i think fregel is so (laughs) thank you um yeah i mean I'm not a um, a writer, but I mean, I'm just like anyone else that I have ideas. I've seen movies and everything. So I'm like, ooh, let me get pieces of this, this, and this. And that's totally fine. And that's part of the reason we wanted to bring you in on this. One, because you're involved in the content to begin with. Two, because you don't necessarily have to be a writer to build a world. Even if it's just a simple matter of 
I want to make this thing because it sounds appealing and cool to me. I want to use a little bit of this cool thing that I like and a little bit of this cool thing that I like. It's it's almost like cooking at that point where, hey, I know those, this tastes good. Hey, I like this flavor profile. Let's try and mix these together and see what happens. Okay, this is really good. Or okay, this this didn't quite work out the way I thought. Maybe I should have used sugar instead of salt in my Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, true story, kids. Don't ever confuse salt for sugar when you're making Kool-Aid. It's not a good time. I mean, when you're making Kool-Aid or literally anything else, maybe. <laughs> well, yes, but... Don't, don't mix them up when you're baking. That's going to turn disastrous real quick. People who remember being kids remember how much sugar we put in Kool-Aid. So... But sometimes you get cool stuff by accident, like how, for example, to use the cooking metaphor, when I would go over to my granny's house, she would make pancakes and she would make her own maple syrup with, you know, sugar and maple syrup, maple extract and all that stuff. And one time she happened to grab the bottle of vanilla instead of the bottle of maple. And so it was pancakes with a vanilla syrup. And it tasted great. It wasn't what she thought she was making, but it still worked out okay. You don't have to be a writer, capital W writer, to write. You don't have to be a capital W writer, a capital A artist, to create cool things. All you need is rule of cool and cause and effect, and you put those two together and you can create something awesome. It kind of reminds me that like the only rule of, of writing is that, is that you write. Whether like you're a writer if you literally write. You're a creator if you actually, if you just create. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if you're a capital, capital W writer, capital A artist. Yeah, the, the, there aren't quantitative hard and fast prerequisites. Yeah, you don't have to be Picasso or Rembrandt or Brandon Sanderson just be you and make cool stuff and have fun with it. To paraphrase Aaron Hansen of the Game Grumps, you think I came out of the womb drawn Mozart? <laughs> uh, yeah, and the longer I played Fraggle, the more I got into his character. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a totally, regardless of whether it's for something you're just writing, writing, or for something that you're doing for a tabletop game like we've been doing, discovery writing can be some of the best writing. Because that's when you really get to the point of giving them that spark of life that sets the really great characters apart from the Joe Average NPC, Welcome to Carnaria, I Like Swords. Yeah, and everyone has their own style of how they create a story. Either they make the character and then give them, throw them into a scenario, and if they live or die at the end, it's up to the character. Yeah, definitely. So I've definitely started stories in in places I did not expect them to go because of discovery writing, um, where where the characters sort of inform the characters personality traits and their history sort of informs where their story goes and they evolve over time there's a long-standing character that i've written for what now 10 years um who started off as the evil uncle and is now like 
completely different. Like he's just he's not evil at all. He's being manipulated by Lady Macbeth essentially. Um, and once she dies, he's like, "Oh, cool. Where did this twenty li- twenty years of my life go?" Um, Guess I don't have to do this anymore. And then he just becomes everyone's dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, he just becomes like the 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 fun the fun uncle who teaches people how to beat the crap out of the other people. Uncle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have these long stories that TV shows that in the beginning someone's marked as a as the antagonist, and then they turn into a protagonist by the end of it. We're we're looking at you, Avatar. Zuko. <laughs> But it doesn't go from one day, from one episode to the next, and they're just black and white. There has to be the shades of gray in between that gives you the reason why. So it's the shows that that have characters that are really stagnant, that like stay the same the whole time, that are less relatable than the ones who have characters who actually develop. Um, and the same with books. The same with all of the media we consume if those characters are are staying the same all the time um you're going to lose your reader's interest um unless that character is perfect and then you're going to lose your reader's interest for other reasons yeah and the same goes for the setting you know these cultures these places these people as we've been discussing over the past few episodes influence each other we have the Baralanx influencing how people decide to build their homes, the earth shells deciding, you know, determining how people build their cities, and also both of them affecting economic choices when it comes to civilization. You know, logging and mining aren't as profitable on Alteran as they would be other places, or they're way more profitable, but you can't do it all that often, you know, and your world needs to have the gears turning against each other and with each other in order for it to feel alive you can't just plonk a few pieces down on a table with no explanation as to how they got there and have your readers engage with it but now looking at these tribes of bear people you know we have we just discovery wrote this cool folklore story of how they first came to interact with humans we have evidence of cultural exchange because by the time that fragul meets the adventuring party that he joins up with we see him wielding a sword we see him wearing clothes which obviously bears don't need clothes so somewhere along the lines some of these members of this tribe must have either decided hey i want to wear this stuff because it looks neat or i'm going to wear this because it makes us more relatable to the humans and they won't be as afraid of us and that means we can have a better relationship with them and it just became a cultural norm from there which raul if you want (laughs) to decide which one that is or a mixture of both i mean they just I mean, trying to fit in with with humans, I mean, or the other races, Mm -hmm. because there's more than just regular humans in this world. Yeah. And and they would stand up and they're like, hmm, all right, I'll I'll put some, ooh, look at this armor. I mean, their fur is already, they've got a natural armor on them because how thick their fur is. Tough fluff. Yeah. So. Yeah, but but that kind of, that kind of tough fluffy fluffy fur doesn't really protect against you know stabbing 
Um, yeah. So they 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 see people with armor. Yeah. What's that shiny stuff for? Yeah, it stops me from getting stabbed. That sounds so useful. <laughs> do you know how long it took me to heal from the last time I got stabbed? How often do you get stabbed? Uh, at least twice a day. Depends on who I'm fighting or what I'm trying to eat. <laughs> yeah, so we have them kind of picking up different cultural things from maybe the the villages around them, adventurers that pass through the area. Yeah, like they wander into town and they're just like, and they see like a um, adventurer kicking out someone out of the local tavern or or like a brawl fight, and they they're like, "Huh, that looks like fun." What's that foamy stuff in the mugs? Oh, that must oh. also have been great the first time they went into a town. Because let's be fair, in places where bears occur naturally in our world, they do ish. Ah, uh, yes. Um, there actually is like Inland Fisheries and Wildlife puts out every year like a, a graphic that's like bears are most active from April 1st to November 1st. So be careful. Put your stuff away. Like, <laughs> Don't leave pies on windowsills. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, yeah, uh, we, we would have to go into that first contact moment. But, uh, yeah, that would have been very interesting because, like you said, that first contact where it's like, they help people through the forest because hello they live in the forest so they know which way is it to the edge and which way is it off off the cliff what's safe to eat what's not safe to eat where the really dangerous creatures live they probably know where the human farms are and how to avoid the wetlands sorry but cranberries no no one want to smell wet fur and so it, it may also have been a gradual thing, right? Like they, they, like you said, they start helping people more and more and the local villagers start to get a little bit more used to them so that when the bears come to visit their town, it's not, hey, we're under attack. It's, oh, hey, I remember you. It's the bears. Or um, it could also be that they brought someone injured back to the village. Oh, man, wouldn't that have been a sight? Little Timmy's been missing all day. Suddenly there's this bear walking on hind legs, carrying this injured kid to the edge of town. And just gently lays him down. With a fish. <laughs> With a fish. <laughs> or or one of them finds a barrelanx and brings them in as well, because since bears also forage a lot, they probably would that probably would have been one of the first species really that they had contact with as a sapient race was the barrelanx. Hey, I see you guys live in the woods too. Hey, could 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 you could you maybe stop out out? Those are attached. Could you not? Look, if you want something to eat, go over here. No, no, not those. The other color. Yeah, you you don't you don't want the purple ones. You want the red ones. And just don't touch the mushrooms. Just don't. Uh, one of my friends uh ate the mushrooms and thought he was a mockingbird for like two days. Also, for whatever reason, whenever I'm, whenever I'm trying to wrap my brain around bear people on shrooms, I just think of that one gif of, like, all of the CG bears, like, doing the rave dancing in a circle. <laughs> That's great. Yes. No, no fruiting bodies, please. Thank you. Yeah, and it's just, there's just so much that, um, that you can go into with making your own race. 
your own civilization. You can make them super advanced or you can just make them really simple. Though they might be, hmm, how would I describe Fragul's people? Well, Fragul, I can tell you, he is a bit, I don't want to say naive, but he looks for the good things. Like he'd rather be happy than sad. So he's a little more on the altruistic side. Yeah. And optimistic. Yes, optimistic. And yeah, he he knows that bad things happen, so that's why he became a strong fighter. But you would say probably that the culture that he comes from is a lot more collectivist, a lot more cooperative, and people messing each other over is something that happens less in his culture because if all of our if half of our tribe is starving then they can't hunt with us and then we all die so we're in this together mhm and um it it might make them a little like they they realize more or less how their world works they're not very sure about the outside world but they just try to go it as best they can but they are geniuses when it comes to like actual like fighting combat because after the hunt after doing that for your whole life you get certain they got that killer instinct yes and you pass that on to your children and then your children pass that that on to their children and and not only are they you know they're evolved bears which even in our world are very good at hunting the things that they need to hunt but on Alteran, they also share their living space with Onirek. Onirek probably hunt unevolved bears to eat. And especially before these tribes started wearing clothing, probably could not at first glance tell the difference between an evolved bear and an unevolved bear. And they probably didn't care. Mm, yeah, um, it would also, um, something else... Oh, uh, they also like watching. Like they, they, they can hide in, in foliage and just observe. So they're patient. Yes. And curious. Yeah, but they won't run headlong unless they have to. And Lord help you if they do start running, because... Bears run Surprise. fast, guys. Bears are actually fast. <laughs> like 40 miles an hour fast. Oh, Lord, he coming. It makes me wonder if there's ever an emergency situation where they would choose to get down on all fours and properly, like, bear run. Uh, if you see Fraggle jump down on all four and start running, you should run, too. Keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep up. Because he's running from something, probably. But I, I would assume, just from, from what you've said of him so far, is that he doesn't tend to want to run away from things. Yeah, my, my first thought of... If Fragul ever needed to run like that, or any of his people needed to run like that, it would be towards something that was putting someone they cared about in danger. That too. Yeah, like a best a bestest buddy or something like that. <laughs> Hang on, I'm coming. What's that? <laughs> it's the bear cavalry. I also just I really love the contrast of these these evolved bear people who 
do not want to be animalistic. You know, they do take advantages of the things evolution has given them, like their great senses, their great instincts, their physical strength. But the fact that they choose to elevate themselves above their unevolved cousins by using tools and weapons instead of their claws, you know, by choosing to wear clothing and armor and keep their living spaces absolutely immaculate, as we've seen. Yes. Um, Fragul, like, you would think their living space would just be a total mess. No. Because their mental state when it comes to fighting is you have a clean, uh, clean room, clean mind, clean kill. The mantra. So, yeah. You're expecting these, you might think of it as just a wild animal, but they, they, they want everything to be precise and certain because they want a honorable kill or an honorable win and like let's be fair that is still one of the best things to come out of fragul in the season zero that pretty much everyone unanimously loved because it was so out of the blue and just perfect but it echoes a lot of actual real world philosophies that have come about if that if your thoughts are cluttered nothing's going to work right. And so when you actualize the concept of cleaning out your thoughts with keeping the area around you uncluttered, with keeping your mannerisms uncluttered, it really helps highlight this whole design aspect of, yes, they're very surprisingly cultured for being bears on their hind legs. And that's that's a great dichotomy. It also goes to show how ad-libbing can create the most beautiful pieces of world building that ever existed. Yeah, because that whole development came about by another cast member assuming that Fragul keeps his living space messy because he's a bear, and Raul deciding, no, here's how his culture and how his upbringing would be. And it became an extra layer of depth and flavor to this whole race that we've built or that he's built and that we're talking about. Yeah, because, yeah, you, you, I, I could have gone with the generic, just he's a, he's a wild animal, blah, blah. But uh, someone once told me is like when they made a character, is that they tried to uh, do um, opposites, like, a necromancer that wants to be a priest. He's a necromancer because he wanted to be a cleric, but his timing is just really bad. It's it's like if you have listened to this whole season of World Builders, episode two, we talked about subverting your expectations. And that's kind of how a lot of us have approached the the character and race building of this entire world. So, obviously. Yeah, just- just because there have been these pre-existing pillars in literature and media and everything of this is how things should be doesn't mean it's the way they have to be or that even necessarily that they do in fact need to be that way it's just that they're they're the sandcastles that people have been building the longest doesn't mean they're the only way that seems like a pretty good time to wrap up our discussion about Fragol. I'm sure he will come up again. Um, 
So thanks so much for joining us today, Raul, and talking about Fragool. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, and next time, we are going to be populating the world that we've uh, been talking about by discussing some of the people that you might find while adventuring in Zenthuru. Not that they're controlled by any particular person or anything. And I mean, colloquially, they may be referred to as NPCs uh, in some sort of tabletop setting, but, you know, we'll get there when we get there. That's just a label, man. So, uh, yeah, if you'd like to contact us, and please do contact us, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can do so by shooting us an email at worldbuilders at rhinobot.net or by tweeting us at Rhinobot Studios. Uh, we'll be glad to answer fan questions on the air, uh, but we do record well in advance. Uh, so just be advised that if you don't hear your question being answered in the very next episode you listen to, it doesn't mean we didn't get to or don't intend to answer your question, just that that episode was recorded before said question was asked. It's very quantum. You can also ask us questions on our Discord by going to rhinobot.net and joining us there. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you again next time. Bye! Bye-bye! This show is a member of the Rhinobot Studios family. For more information, including show listings, team member bios, social media links, and our community discord, please visit rhinobot.net.